It's been, it's been, it, it, it's been, 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 it's been, been, been. Welcome to the Stripped Down Know Nothing Podcast, focusing on the bare naked ladies. That's right, whether they're jovial or dead, from Canada dry to off with his head, we're It's All Been Done, the podcast. One more move and he's gonna be the master. It's my co-host, Evan. When he's underwater, he couldn't be wetter. It's my co-host, Saker. What a, what a, I mean, I understand it's supposed to be a funny line. It's supposed to be a little silly, silly line, but there was that debate a couple years ago, right? Like, is water wet? Yeah. Is fire, because, is fire hot or no, something, I forget what it is. Yeah. But I was going to say fi- fire is hot, but water isn't itself intrinsically wet, right? It just makes other things wet. Yeah, I guess. But if you define wet as having water on them, then water is wet because it has water all over it. If I isolated a single drop of water, it no longer has water all over it. Is it still wet? Well, that's just because you think a drop is the smallest quantity of water that you can think of. Like, oh, it is still, it's still, there are still, you know, water molecules within there. So, I mean, I guess if you isolated a single molecule, the smallest atom of water that we can possibly find, it would not be right. wet. But that's just because we don't have anything that can break anything finer than an atom. I think that once it becomes water... Once we can think of it as water, like, do you think of like a, a a water atom as water? I don't like if, you know, but once it becomes water, then it, then it is, then it, it implies that it is more than a single thing and therefore wet because it is touching other water. Well, now we're talking semantically versus realistically because a single water molecule is just H2O, which brother... That's the definition of water, baby. Of course I think of H2O is water. But I don't know. Like, so semantically, yeah, of course H2O is water. I don't know. You're bringing up... Yeah. That's what we get to on this podcast, the toughies. The, the science. This, this, we're, we're pushing the bounds of uh, um, science and, the and, human imagination. and philosophy. That's, that's us. Sure. Yep. Um, yeah. When do you think is the wettest you've ever been? Um... I guess when I'm underwater, like I was, I was captain of my swim team and I spent a lot of time in water. So I was pretty wet. You were the captain. Yeah. Wow. That's, I guess that doesn't strike me as surprising. You're a fit guy, but I don't know. I feel like that's a very popular position and you don't strike me as a popular guy. Well, in I mean, high school. the captain is a popular position, but the swim team is not a popular organization. It wasn't like I'm captain of the fucking basketball team or the football team, you know? I don't know. See, I see, like, the swim club captain as, like, the guy all the girls are, are lusting after because he's got them six-pack rock-hard abs. He's got that cute little swim cap on. He's got the Speedo. Did you wear the Speedo? Yeah, hell yeah. Okay. You'd, uh, <laughs> hell you'd yeah. Think, you'd think that, but like, my pool didn't have my, – my high school, like, when you think of it, you think of, like, a high school with a pool in it, like an auditorium, but we didn't have an auditorium. Sure. So we had to go to the local community – we had to go to YSU for their auditorium. So, like – we were very separate from the student body because we spent, you know, if you're a swimmer, you understand that you spend like four hours a day in the fucking water because we had practice in the morning right. before school and then we had practice after school. So basically yeah. you'd show up at 4 a.m., get on a bus, go to YSU, swim for two hours, come back, go to a full day of classes, then get back on a bus, go back to YSU and swim for two hours. So we didn't really have much time for like, you know, I mean, we were pretty popular with the girls on the swim team. Sure. But no one's. Oh, okay. But no, like okay. students outside the swim team are like fucking bussing out to the college to watch a fucking swim meet. Who gives a shit about that? Sure. 
Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, you're probably right. I am surprised. Now we're getting into my favorite part of the cast, which is regional Youngstown mm-hmm. talk. You did go to, uh, you went to Boardman, which is a very uh, uh, kind of a rich, uh, snooty, hoity-toity high school, uh, don't you think? You had you had the only orchestra yeah, in the yeah, area. Yeah, we did. Um, I would say it's it's like, because Boardman is, became sort of the, the urban flight Youngstown area where you would go because there were like a mall there was a mall there and things like that Mm -hmm. like there were shops and shit so there was a lot of uh a lot of income i don't know if it's rich and hoity-toity i would tend to think of canfield and poland as far more rich and hoity-toity because they were like planned communities out in like the fucking sticks um so we we looked down on them and i mean we still had you know youngstown kids bussing in so it wasn't quite that way but i would say yes compared to like the youngstown local schools it was rich and hoity-toity and our right. orchestra was nationally My... nationally ranked, and I was, of course, uh, a cellist in there, and it was great. Do you play cello in the orchestra? Yeah. You didn't know that? That does not surprise me. But now I'm thinking about it, because my, my high school girlfriend uh, lived in Canfield, but faked her address as in Boardman so she could play cello in the orchestra, because no other school had an orchestra. Um, I need to talk to you off. I wonder, what year did you graduate? Uh, I don't want to say on the podcast. Okay. <laughs> okay. And also, what's your mother's maiden name? Jamif- Janetit. <laughs> Janetit. All right. Is that a hyphenate? Um, it's a couple. Hy- there's a couple hyphens in there, but they're all silent. Got it. Like the ninjas. All right. Uh, sure. Sure. Those are deadly too, though. Your hyphenates aren't deadly. Mm-hmm. And violent. <laughs> That's true. I forgot. And they also stink. Those ninjas took a poot. Um, man, that song is so much worse now that I know it's about farts. What a uh, great, what a great I, little ditty. I prefer not to care about that. Okay, <laughs> that's that's perfectly fine. I think that's your catchphrase, right? If you had a pool string, it would be I prefer not I to care, care about that, <laughs> right, Bartleby? <laughs> right, Bartleby? Oh, Bar- Bartleby the Scrivener? Yeah, okay. <laughs> what is what was his catchphrase? I would prefer not to. Yeah. <laughs> You don't remember your fucking... Was that Herman Melville? <laughs> Couldn't tell you. I think it... Yes, it was. Her, uh, Herman Melville. That is my only... I'm not a well-educated mm-hmm. man. That is my only literary reference that I know other people won't get. So I pull it out all the time. <laughs> like, oh, look how smart I am. Bartleby the Scrivener, right? Herman Melville's less appreciated work <laughs> than I enjoy. <laughs> Can you tell me uh, one other uh, thing about Bartleby the Scrivener? Well, he was a Scrivener. Do you know what Do you know what that I mean, is? There- one who scrives. Don't treat me like a child. You so think could I you describe a typical? A, yeah, could you could you describe a typical day for a scrivener for me? God, uh, wake up around seven thirty a.m. Get to the office and just fucking scrive, scrive, scrive. Like you got clients in, clients out. What's a, what sort of what time. sort of tools would you use? What sort of what sort of implements? Probably a scrivening stick, um, perhaps. Uh, you know, generally in D and D, I guess they would call it a scrivener's pack, right? Yeah. So you've got all yeah, the, you get all the, the, the tools. Scrivener. Of the scrivener. It costs five GP. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> right. Exactly. Evo. Speaking of those scriveners, let's get to this week's song. <laughs> this week's song is called "I Can, I Will, I Do Sing," mm-hmm. and if you've never heard it before. It goes a little something like this.
can sing better. I can knit a scarf, but you can't knit a sweater. When I'm underwater, I couldn't be wetter. Never go swimming in a mohair. All right, sweater. buddy boy, I can sing. Um, a one-minute yeah. song. Very, very few of these in the Very Good Ladies repertoire. Um, I thought it was the perfect length for a song like yeah, this. Yeah, I'm, I'm becoming very clear on Ed's writing process for children, which is just, mm-hmm. you know, I'll just rhyme stuff with stuff. You know, <laughs> I don't care. Who, fuck, who gives a shit? Yeah, like on one hand, it's fun, right? But on the other, it's kind of like insulting that he doesn't think kids are capable of like following a coherent narrative. Sure, yeah. Well, what else did he he wrote? Seven, eight, nine. That's a uh, certainly a a a, a through line story, mm. right? And then he wrote the other stream of con- reasons. Like his it's like he picks a general theme, and then the rest of it is just stream of consciousness. Sure, sure. Uh, I'm looking forward. There is an Ed Robertson written song on this album, track nineteen, called Things. <laughs> And it is 57 seconds long. I'm very excited to Here get to some things. things. I know, I know. Here are some things <laughs> I know. Here are the Helens I know, I know. Um, yeah, uh, so perhaps you are right. Uh, I am looking forward to, there's a couple other uh, minute-long songs. I guess Ninjas was a minute long on here. Yeah. Um, and we've got a, a lot of shorties coming up. Um, yeah. So I mean, plenty of gold for us to mine. And where it frustrated me in the rap break of one week, like it's fine here because it's a kid song and it's silly, right? And you can get away with silliness in kids songs in a way that you can't, mm-hmm. you can't, I don't know. I don't know if adult songs should be held to a higher standard, but you know, they are for better or for worse. Yeah. Can you write a silly adult song? I'm trying to think of the silliest adult song that I know. I guess like a lot of, they might be giant songs. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess those are kind of silly, but I don't know. I don't know. Um, speaking of let's speaking of the rap breakdown, uh, we do have a I think a standout line in this song that I'm sure you hated. Yeah. <laughs> um, did you? Uh, it's uh, imagine I made a new way to make everyone currently frowning snicker. I can speak. I can speak quicker. Imagine I made a new way to make everyone currently frowning snicker. And on the guitar. That was, I hated it, but at the same <laughs> time, he, it it was diegetic in that he called it out beforehand where he said i can talk quick and then he just talked quick so normally when he word stacks it's just like a surprise but here he's like all right i'm gonna word stack guys are you ready and then he did and then i was like i'm like okay well that's fine then sure sure so when it's called out when they hang a lampshade on it in one week if they preceded all the rap breaks with here's the breakdown (laughs) would you like it better or worse necessarily but like i just don't like I don't like word stacking, but at the same time, mm. when it's part of the song and supported by the fu- the, the, the the like lyrics of the song, then that's fine. Mm-hmm. Obje- objective, uh, because it's done well, yes. and that's what the objective mark. Correct. Is. Um, I wondered if kids would find that line amusing or confusing, or would they not care about it? And I guess the idea is that they wouldn't care, right? It's just because they're listening to the sound song more for sounds yeah, than I mean, it is for. It's a song for like kid kids, so like you know, like kindergarten through like I don't know second third grade. I bet would would get something from this. Sure. Uh, as a kid, but like sure. having a kid and watching him consume media, it just sort of mostly washes over him. But then, like, <laughs> but then there are like. Ra- seemingly random parts that he becomes hyper aware and hyper focused on really yeah so he'll be like he'll watch an entire episode of a show and then like two days later he's like why did the cat have a leaf on its head <laughs> like 
like that's what he remembers. Wow. So it's it's uh God. It's fascinating. I love to think of that like a popcorn kernel stuck in his teeth. Like he's going to sleep, he's dreaming about that leaf. He's like he just can't get over that shit. Um, interesting. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Um, speaking. Speaking of things that stick in your craw, I actually had to look up a surprising amount of things from this song, which I did not know. Uh, this song taught me a few things that are going to stick in my craw. Um, Ev, let's do mm-hmm. a quiz for you. What's flat picking? Flat picking is when you use the pick in reverse. And on the guitar, and it can be a little slicker. But Jimmy always said I was a good flat picker. Yeah, maybe. I, I, It said when you hit the strings with the pick instead of like strumming it's when you're hitting i'm yeah. not sure if that's okay yeah like yeah. plinking sure uh what's mohair mohair is an expensive yarn that's made from goats i want to say wetter never go swimming in a mohair sweater correct but, the angora yeah. goat oh yeah not to yeah. be confused with the angora rabbit which makes angora wool there you are yeah. um and what's labrador labrador is an island in like isn't it north it's like in nova scotia or saskatchewan somewhere in there it's in quebec yes very close there's a little town in labrador where she sells seashells by the shoe store ah i was close yeah yeah yeah, you're very close and the final one i didn't understand what is a scrivener (laughs) someone who scrives nice try damn it i almost found it out day in and Um, day day out i think actually i think they're a clerk they just okay, I think that sounds about things. right. Yeah. yeah, I feel like uh, what was Jacob? Not Jacob Marley. What was the the main character who's not Ebenezer Scrooge? The the look down upon uh, right. man. You're right. No, it was. No, you're right. It's uh, Bob, <laughs> okay. Bob Cratchit. Bob Cratchit. Yes, thank you. Uh, I feel like but he I was think, a, scrivener. Like, a, a scrivener. We would like think of like a paralegal would be a scrivener. It's somebody with like technical knowledge that. Um, and I could be wrong about this. this is just what I'm thinking. Is like uh, based on my Dungeons and Dragons knowledge. Sure, <laughs> sure. Uh, with like technical knowledge that assists. Uh, I don't want to say professional because paralegals are professionals, but like somebody uh-huh. with like a advanced, you know, uh, understanding of the subject. But again, sure. paralegals do have an advanced understanding of the subject, so it's hard to it's hard to differentiate, right? It's like sure, a nurse doctor sure. thing where a lot of the nurses know as much as the doctors, so that sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, there was one other phrase or term I wanted to talk about in here, which is the phrase ghetto blaster. Yeah. And I'm going to be the master. So crank it up loud on the ghetto blaster. What, what are we feeling about ghetto blaster? It's, it's, t- it's tough because like it referred to, I mean, both you and I being, having been alive for brief periods in the nineties and eighties, remember mm-hmm. like tapes, cassette tapes. Oh, sure. I mean, I, I may have owned one when I was like a kid, but they were on their way out when I was actually consuming music. Um, right. So, and I do, I do, I have owned, and I still own like a CD player with a cassette deck in it. Um, right. But like, so I, I know what a ghetto blaster is, but at the right. same time, the, is, is the word ghetto racist? And I, I say mostly yes. And yeah. sometimes no. Yeah. So it's like, well- it's a pejorative, but it's also sort of a point of pride because, like, it's like um, people, African Americans sometimes will use it like, like you know, white people would use redneck, right? As mm. you know, redneck sort of thing like that. So, it's something in it's. I think it's largely context based. Uh, like a, from a deontological standpoint, it's like intent rather than outcome. So, like, sure. in the U.S. context, context, it's 
sort of like the n-word but not as much because when people especially white people say ghetto they're referring to something as like cheap or urban or poor or substandard which are all pejoratives in in our context which isn't necessarily true none of those things are uh well actually cheap substandard etc are pejoratives but um so like i don't know i think i think that in the u.s context yes racist um sure i'm not sure about canada though and they still, yeah. they st- in all their live versions, they still say it. So like, right. Which is, yeah. And another thing is they haven't shied away from it. They haven't changed the lyric, which is something they could easily do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it also takes, I mean, obviously it's, it's a word in itself. Obviously the word ghetto is its own thing, but then talking about a ghetto blaster uh, is kind of, I don't even see that as like uh, people describing it as a pejorative. They're not saying like, this is bad. Mm-hmm. They're saying like this is the name for any large boombox, right? Yeah. I don't think there's any negative connotation associated with that, but it does have a problematic history, I would say. I would argue um, that yes, there is a negative connotation because it's it's associated with like poor blacks in marginalized communities. I think. Yeah. And yeah. I mean. Okay. That and in the context of American culture, that in and of itself is looked down on, even though it shouldn't be. So. Right, right, yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, it is interesting that he includes it in this song. And for, you know, for for a certain sect of people, for Ed most certainly, who grew up in the early 80s with <laughs> rap, like, and hip-hop and that culture, I mean, I think Ghetto Blaster is just something that's, for better or worse, right. ingrained in his yeah. vocabulary, and yeah. yeah, that's just who he is. And I, yeah, like I, I said, imagine- like, it's, more, it's mostly intent. Like, I don't think he used it in bad, uh, in bad faith. Right. Of course not. Yeah. There's no. Is there a Bernie Good Lady song that's openly racist? I wonder <laughs> if we could find <laughs> some, some deep cut from Jim. Boy, yeah. <laughs> Wait for things, man. You'll be surprised by the things that Ed brings up. They're very, very scary. Jeez. <laughs> oh, these are not people. These are things. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah, good Ed's lord. Pretty, pretty rough, Ed. Uh, yeah, Ed, yeah. Deep cuts. Original. That's Jesus. the original lyrics. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so obviously the intent is the intent is okay here. Um, yeah, what else? Let's let's go lyrically for a second here. Um, mm. Obviously, this is a nonsense song. Um, yeah. Was there anything that stood out to you though? Nonsense wise? Well, I don't like. I had a couple questions about the yeah, lyrics. Yeah, like okay, so the last stanza. Um, he can mm. eat better. He can eat anything. Um, I can eat more when it's not fresh from the local store. I guess he can eat anything because I mean he can eat more is what he says. But he can like eat more, yeah. And when it's not fresh, he goes to a small town and buys seashells to munch on. <laughs> There's a little town in Labrador where she sells seashells by the shoe store. Well, just crunch it, those- just crunching them up. Are those thoughts connected? I feel like those are two couplets. He says, I can eat more when it's not fresh from the local store. Oh, there's an and, isn't there? And when it's not yeah, there fresh is. from the local store. Oh, yeah, there's shit. a small town of Labrador he goes to where he can crunch up some seashells. See, in my interpretation, maybe I just always miss that and. I thought he was saying, like, he can eat more when it's not fresh, which was very confusing to me. But yeah, you're right. When it's not fresh from the local store, there's a little town in Labrador. He's not buying the seashells. But that woman, I assume Sally is the woman who sells seashells. But she only appears when the food is not fresh from the local store. Mm. There's no, he doesn't buy it. She's just like a I feel like it's it's pretty implied that like from the the, the fundamental thrust of that line that he is eating those seashells. 
Yeah, that's very strange. Um, like but I, our I, like our good good friend friend of the pod, uh, Michael Latito, Monsieur Longtout. <laughs> Sure, Mr. Yeah, Edol. absolutely. Yes. Mr. Edol. Yeah. Um, you didn't, well, that's yeah. what we went over him. You didn't tell me that he had pica. Like, he 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 has compelled to eat that stuff. Yeah, yeah. But he also made a living out of it. It's not like it was a secret shame. Yeah. So, and but, yeah. Also, um, because of his uh, his his uh, digestive system. I did a bunch of research on him, by the way, oh, after, after that episode, because I was curious. <laughs> like, his his system, like, soft foods, like eggs or yeah. bananas or stuff, like oatmeal, made him he sick. Like, he he, he yeah. couldn't, yeah, he couldn't eat them. And he, it yeah, said he had no problem passing this stuff. So yeah, you were correct. I believe I believe I mentioned toilet. that during the episode. Yeah, yeah. In his magic toilet. His big stinky toilet. Um, there's some other questions. Like the lyrics don't really follow one to one, right? I can dance. Uh-huh. I can dance. I can dance faster. I tried to keep up, but it was a disaster. I can dance faster. Tried to keep up, but it was a disaster. One more. So if you can... I mean, well, who's keeping up? Like, who tried to? Who who can dance faster? Who tried to keep up? Like this whole this whole song, and I know this was not the intent, but kind of follows the intent. Is that like this reminds me of a child who's telling you some story that like you don't give a shit about, and it all feels like dream logic, and it's like <laughs> I tried to dance faster and I couldn't keep up, and I could do it though, and I and then I could balance on one foot, and you should see me. Like, okay, like that's cool. Um, did you have any? Did you have any narrative through line? What a question for who the author is comparing himself to in each of these verses. I can sing better. I can dance faster. I can eat more. I can speak quicker. Quicker than whom? Are they uh, ghost laps? Obviously. Yeah, it's uh, the Micro Machines guy. Oh, okay. Oh, let's break this down. Who can he sing better than? Pavarotti. Uh, pa- Pavarotti. Pavarotti. <laughs> uh, who can he dance faster than? Who is the fastest dancer? Um, God, I think I it would be you... Michael Michael Latoti. <laughs> what was <laughs> the guy's name? Latino. <laughs> right. Like, um, like dancing. You know, you're not necessarily judged on how quickly you can do it, right? <laughs> oh, what about um? Yeah. Who's that fucking guy? Um, Lord of the Dance, Michael Flaherty. Oh, Michael Flatley. Michael Flatley. Flatley. I think yeah, you're okay. right. Flatley. Okay. The Lord of the Dance. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, sure. the Lord of the Dance was a big thing back in the 90s. He wants to dance Irish step dance faster than Michael Flatley. Sure. Clack. Sure, sure, sure. It's funny. You're right. I never really considered it as I was listening, but dancing faster is not like number one dancing is not a qualified thing so if i just like whipped my body around as fast as i could i guess i can dance faster like i'm not dancing well but um yeah that's an interesting uh interesting thought so he can dance faster than michael flatley yeah he can eat more than joey chestnut (laughs) and he can of course be quicker than the micro machines guy um did i ever tell you my micro machine story oh regale me I was in Chicago uh, with my our friend of the pod, uh, RTF, our friend Rick. All things go. Uh, all things go. Uh, all things go. Uh, and Rick has a friend in Chicago who's an improviser. He's on an improv team. And uh, Who in we Chicago went to isn't in a, on an improv team. One hundred percent correct. Yeah, uh, we went to see a comedy show, which was the reason we drove out there. And he's like, "Well, my friend is having a show tonight. Do you want to go out to the show?" I said, "Yeah, why not? We got nothing else to do for the rest of the night." So we went to his show. Um, it was an improv team of maybe eight people, mm-hmm. and he was the only one on stage who was unreasonably drunk. 
he was like, they would start a scene and he would lean against the wall and close his eyes and fall asleep during the scene on stage. Didn't understand the games they were playing. They'd be like, all right, Andy. And, you know, I think we should do this. And he would. And so the, the one was like, you would go to the microphone and like do a commercial And uh, they all like did their little commercials based on audience suggestions. And somebody from the audience chatted out micro machines for Andy. Andy got to the mic and went, micro machines in my butthole. (laughs) Like just drunk as can be mumbling nonsense. I was the only person in the crowd crying laughing at this man. I could not hold my tears in. And we had to leave. Well, the show ended. This is a, the coda to the story. We immediately, we went downstairs to get a drink. We came back up to find Andy. He was gone. Asked his friends, where is he? He can't drive home. They said, I, I don't know. He's your friend. You find him. They were obviously pissed at him. Mm-hmm. We looked. His car was still in the parking lot. Couldn't find him anywhere. No one knew who he was. So we just left. Because what are you going to do? Wait all night? Like, I can't, we couldn't find him. Mm-hmm. Um, the next morning, he didn't answer any of our texts. The next morning, he texts back telling Rick that he... Just walked into the woods and fell asleep on a bed of pine needles. Oh, Jesus. That's how drunk this guy was. What a nightmare. Uh, Andy, shout out to you, my friend. Wow. Micro machines in my butthole. So, uh, where were we here? Um, yeah, uh, I didn't know. I wondered if this song could be a commentary on our modern culture and how there's always pressure to be more, to be better. You're not enough. If you're leaning, you could be cleaning. If you're relaxed, you should be working. You can always sing better, move faster. I don't know. Do you think there was any commentary here? Uh, yeah. And I mean, once you, and just like capitalism, it's a bunch of fucking garbage. <laughs> sure, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I mean, I grapple with that literally every yeah, eventually, day. Eventually when I... you get to the top, it's just all nonsense. Oh, man. And that's where Ed is, my friend. He's at the top of the crop. Um, Darn part. Uh, any musical commentary on this real quick? I liked it. Um, I liked the like the banjo bluegrass tune. Yeah, like, me too. It was uh, it was nice. Like It was a nice uh, little stingly-wingly song. I like the, the, the bluegrass harmonies, as always. Um, I'm mm-hmm. a big fan of bluegrass, so I liked it. I liked yeah. it a lot. Yeah, I wrote uh, that I, I don't know if I could buy an album of bluegrass, but I enjoy when it's dropped into places. So, like, oh. this was the perfect perfect bluegrass for I me. I have many bluegrass albums. They are good. Okay. All right. Um, I also felt like Ed wrote this one to hurt himself because I think we can get into some other versions of the song. But in every single mm-hmm. version, it always seems like he fucks up really badly <laughs> like because he wrote that rap line he can't do live mm-hmm. the seashells seashell see thanks ed she sells seashells line mm-hmm. he fucks up every time too um do you want to talk about some other versions of the song yeah um uh, do you see the last summer on earth one uh yes where which w- kev starts out kev starts out playing deliverance and then plays like a, me- a quick metal lick on the banjo Yes, he plays a little bit of Iron Man. Yeah, and it's just yeah. like it's just like a GoPro on the end of Ed's guitar that's filming. I loved it. I yeah, thought it was, it was real interesting. cool. And I got to hear like I in the live versions I like to hear like I can hear Ty's voice, which I normally can't hear in the mix. Like I can hear yeah. him, and he's one of the he like starts out one of those like I can sing, like he starts out one of those. <laughs> yeah. Like so you can hear him now and and uh um it was it was fine. Yeah, yeah, that that final harmony they did backwards. It's usually Ed starting, but the final harmony goes Ty, Kev, Ed. And then, so it was uh, nice did you hear what hear. he said? Uh, his last line: Jimmy always said I was a good nose picker. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. funny. And I really liked uh, like Ty ham boning on his head. 
Yeah, everybody got a solo, including Ty, who wasn't on the drum, so he did a little pit pat on his head. It was very funny. It's not a pit pat, it's a ham bone. He got the he got his mouth into it, he got it all. Is ham boning a real thing? Hell yeah. Oh, okay. It's a Uh, uh, um it's like a I wanna say rural slash urban um practice that's like comes from like african dances that like the slaves would do because they weren't allowed percussion instruments um, that's exactly yeah and uh it's been adopted both by like rural and urban culture like i know that a lot of uh and it's a mix of the the slave dances and also like russian folk dances and also um clogging because it like it it's it is one of the uh, um inspirations for tap dancing too oh interesting wow yeah i've never so, heard of this before. it's just a it's a big it's a big melting pot thing mostly sure mostly black culture but also yeah. you know the whites got their little clogs in there occasionally okay interesting yeah uh ty can do it then uh yeah it's obviously been co-opted uh, um <laughs> yeah but i did like that, everybody gets those that like that i like that like it's i don't like rednecks hate urban folk and urban folk hate rednecks sort of thing like a cats and dogs thing but they have so much in common yeah right right so. exactly um there was a lot of different versions of this song that i saw there were a couple live ones i wanted to talk about did you yeah. see massey hall toronto no uh, maybe that was the one steve was still there this is a legendary one because oh, no, they I transition didn't. they transition uh december 7th 2008 steve is still in the band uh, they go from I can sing and they do a segue into the entirety of grade nine. It's a blast. It's a great oh. medley. It's very cool. Um, whoa, and, whoa. Uh, so it's meta. So because like, grade nine also has a medley in that. Oh, shit. Uh, I didn't even think three, about We're that. three medleys deep. <laughs> we're the inception of Vernick and Lady songs. I wondered, what do you think in grade nine? They all have, they called me four eyes. What do you think Kev's is? He wasn't around for that album, so I'm going to give you a couple guesses here. What do you think they called Kev? Duck Lips. <laughs> That's a good guess. It was not Duck Lips. Whisper Taint. <laughs> no. Wait, uh, uh, I get three guesses. Sure, um, sure, sure. You, duck Lips uh, and Whisper Taint. The Ghost. <laughs> they called him Bartleby. I thought that was very oh, strange. Because he's uh, just scrivening they, all day long. They call me Skinny. I guess I, it's meant to parallel uh, Ty's line, which is they called me Fatso. Um, but yeah, just not not super interesting. I think they could have done something better for Ty. Or they for called Ken me anyway. attractive. <laughs> right. Like, that's that's kind of Ed's joke, uh, right? They called me Eddie. Like yeah. nobody made fun of me in high school. I was too popular, and I'm cool, and I rock, and everybody loves me. Um, Summerfest 2013 live. Uh, the only reason this was interesting is they did a little cover of Rush's Fly By Night before the song, mm. which I thought was neat. Yeah, I like that song. Um, two other versions. Did you watch the bathroom sesh? The bathroom snack? Yeah, it was just Ed. Yeah. With, it didn't really go walk as well without the banjo. And then Ed just repeating the line, I can sing, I can the sing, harmony. I can sing yes. without any harmony. Yeah, that was, was a big deal. Yeah, I mean, he, he did it fine. Right. Yeah, I did like when he did the rap line. He stopped. He cooled down. Looked at the camera, and then did the rap line again correctly. <laughs> so it it tripped him up. Um, final version: Bare Naked Ladies with the Persuasions. Yeah. I can sing. I can sing. I can sing better. I can knit a scarf, but you can't knit a sweater. When I'm underwater, I couldn't be wetter. What a wild song to choose for that album. It was. Uh, like, the, the song itself was just the song, but with a little bit more harmonies added in. Yes, and then exactly. they stopped the song, 
go into like a one and a half minute breakdown like with yeah. the persuasion scatting which i really yep. liked and then everyone yeah. got a little solo and then they just repeated the first stanza which they do live they did it in the selfie yeah, one as yeah. well when they repeat i, the I noticed stanza. they did that yeah and there's some there's some weird hyping at the end too where they're like bare naked ladies <laughs> like it's just entire very weird. appreciation's like yep yep that's what i'm talking about <laughs> like you could tell they were like they were into it but like sort of nonplussed <laughs> all right yeah <laughs> yeah boy yeah, that's what we're talking about like, yeah Yes, I think that's a perfect way to put it. Like, oh, we're contractually obligated to do this, and I suppose we're having fun. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, that's the impression that it gave me. Ed still kind of fucked up the rap line, but it's on the album. I think he might have just been embarrassed to do like a hundred failed takes in front of the persuasion. So he was just like, <laughs> just use the best one, please. Just, I can't do this a million times. These guys are my heroes. Imagine me in a white makeup curling frantic snicker on a guitar. Yeah, I thought it sounded great with the persuasion's harmonies, but. I feel like the Persuasions versions are usually, like, the best versions. I think mm-hmm. I like the regular one better. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ev, that's yeah. all I got for this one. Anything else from you? Nope. Then let's get around to rating this song. As usual, Ev, we rate this song on a scale of zero children to all the children of the world. So, Ev, <laughs> on a scale of no children to Teach every child. Well. Teach them well. Where do you think this song falls? It is summer. I have just graduated from, let's say, first grade. I am at my family's dairy farm. It is a hot, hot day, so all the local children are squirreling down to the swimming hole, um, even though we weren't allowed to because our parents told us there were alligators in there because they didn't want us drowning, (laughs) which is a very viable solution. You don't want your kids (laughs) drowning. But we were all down there, down in the swimming hole. Uh, so there's probably me, all my cousins, all the local boys. So we're talking like 20 kids down there, down in the creek, uh, just fucking around, jumping off trees and stuff like that. And uh, one of them drowns, so there's 19. 19 kids. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> okay, are you guys panicked at all? I'm a parent now, so I get worried about it. At the time, no. No one liked this. Okay. No one liked this kid. Sure, sure. Do you remember what I don't mean to make light of drowning. That's that's a terrible thing for a child to drown. It's it's fine. No, it I isn't. It's it is okay. not fine. I, I, <laughs> I withdraw that. He uh he drowns, but then um we're able to bring him back to life because one of the older kids is a lifeguard at the community pool and knows CPR. Sure. So does mouth to mouth and he coughs up he does one of the it's one of those sandlot scenes where he's do you think he's dead, but then he coughs up the water, but it's a good looking uh let's say it's a girl and or no, it's a guy in it, but it's a good other good looking guy, lifeguard, and they kiss. And it's it's fine because they're both they're both uh, gay. Who cares? Okay, got it. And it's not manipulative at all. Cool. Understood. Yeah. Not um, manipulative. No, zero manipulation in this. What? Uh, and then he and then he gives the then he gives us all the thumbs up, double thumbs up. <laughs> not both of them do, and then they go get married immediately. Yeah. Um. Do you remember the maximum number of children that you've given in this segment? Yeah, I believe it was like a uh, karate karate dojo class. So I think of like thirty. That's right. Thirty. Uh, thirty ish. Okay. Thirty forty children. <laughs> I just always have to, it's hard. So, I have to keep your upper yeah. limit in mind. So this is, yeah, this is not, this is not a ninja's level for me, but it's a fucking good song. It's like on the, it's definitely sure. in the upper, the upper category. Yeah. Once, this we, is, once this we get two, that kid back. Two thirds of a ninja for you. 
Okay. Once we um, get little Alex- Alexander Sakronsky back from the uh, um, from the from the grave, sure, he goes sure. on to become the CEO of Rent a Center. Whoa! Now that's manipulative. <laughs> God, have you ever like done the math on Rent a Center? My dude, my my dude, my friend once bought a laptop from there oh, yeah. over the course of their installments, and he paid like yeah fifteen hundred dollars for that. My, I had a cousin who worked there um, for a while, and he said it's not bad if you just buy it like a normal store. Yeah. But if you if you get the install, I mean, it's it's basically punishing people for being poor, which is sort of what yeah. our entire system is is based around. Of course and absolutely. Yep, indeed. Um. I think that I God, I was so engrossed in your story. Usually I use that time to think, but this time mm. I'm caught flat footed, just like Jimmy I the am flat a, picker. I am a professional professional storyteller. You are indeed. You've caught my uh you've caught my attention and my, my imagination. Since we're doing since we're doing improv, I'll give you a uh I'll give you a um some uh some lines. How about uh I okay. need a suggestion from the crowd. I need uh, a location and a job. Um script <laughs> orange orange taster okay and you are in a um used car dealership sure so i go to the used car dealership of course my car is dead my 2010 subaru legacy xl served me well for so many years but we're hitting those six digit numbers on that uh myelometer and it's time to go get (laughs) it's time to go get a new kilometer so i had (laughs) <laughs> I head down to the used car dealership. Of course, I'm not rich enough to buy a new car. Uh, and um, it just happens to be family day at the used car dealership. Bring your family down to the God. used car dealership. We're giving away hot dogs. We're giving away ice cream. Tiger's tail ice cream. Ugh, Stripes gross, in your ice cream. Gross. Oh, I love that orange. anise flavor. Blech. Love that anise flavor. It's like a rum raisin. Yeah, they've got a guy in the back who's making the tiger tail ice cream live. He's squeezing the licorice and he's tasting every orange orange personally to find if it's a good orange or a bad orange. And he's so fucking good at his job that kids are flocking to the tiger tail table. That's the most popular ice cream booth in the whole place. Um, and, And I mean... Being the most popular, not a whole lot of families are bringing their kids out for family day at the used car dealership. Mm-hmm. So even though it's the most popular, there's still, uh, I would say there's, um, I don't know, 700 children there. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> at the Tiger Tail Day. So yeah, so yeah, I, was gonna... I guess you hated this song because, <laughs> because again, your upper limit is all the children everywhere and will ever be. I hate that I made my upper limit so high because I can't have reasonable scenarios in my in my ratings anymore. Yeah, it's just yeah, got to be. That's your perennial problem, Saker, is you go too hard too fast. Not, buddy, uh, not the most popular uh, booth in the world. Only um, maybe 1.6 billion children are there. So that's <laughs> the only amount of children. I like this song quite a bit, uh, but it's, uh, it's, yeah. it's less than, of course, Pollywog and a Bog, which is my favorite song from Snack Time so far. Good deal. Um, Ebo, I think we've hit the end of the episode here. Yeah. Uh, do we plug anything in these? I don't no. think we do. So, I mean, it's already 40 minutes long. You're supposed to be like... <laughs> yeah, this is way too, <laughs> way too fucking long. I told, I told my partner I would be an hour. And that's not going to happen. Well, I believe that for uh, since we have to record another episode, Louie Loon, uh, I don't know if you have anything written about it, but I have like two sentences. As do I. Boy, stay tuned for our next Snack Time episode, listeners, in which we talk about Louie Loon for perhaps seven minutes. 
Uh, until then, I'm Saker. I'm Evan. And we'll see you again in one... One snack. Snack. It's time for snacks. It's snackity time.